eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So if they do remove him from the draft board, Dan, and you're talking about Will Anderson being likely to be the number one position player, maybe the number one player overall on their draft board. And what that does is it, it devalues the top of the draft, which isn't good for the Bears. But to me, I think it sets up a quantity versus quality debate or or crystallizes that because the quantity you could look at. All right, if you're number one and you, there's only Will Anderson to maybe choose from and it's not, or not to choose from but is there without Jalen Carter. Do you trade down and accumulate picks because you need you need volume, you need talent. You're so bereft of everything on your depth chart or the quality of a Will Anderson, if he's the next Micah Parsons, if he's a guy that you think is generational, uh, a generational talent, do you go no lower than two with the Texans and guarantee that you're going to get him? Because if you don't, if you, if you think that the Cardinals won't take him, I think you're being foolish because they right. likely would. So does it does it change your thinking to that degree? Is it you know quantity versus quality? No lower than two versus going into the teens. Is it that kind of debate now? Well, I think it was always going to be that kind of debate, and I think they have to just get themselves comfortable with a lot of different guys, right? And I think that's the, one of the challenges that Ryan Poles and his staff have is to put together a best case vision and then another vision and another vision and be really, really satisfied with all the visions they lay out because there's going to be a lot of things that, that are out of their control that will dictate kind of which, which path they need to go down. I do think that this team is very accepting of their current plight and their current plight is that they need players on every level of every unit of their football team. And so they understand that quantity argument and are, are very um, ready to move in a direction. If those options present themselves to add as many possible players as possible over the, the, the one quality guy, I think it, it would have to be a super, super special situation where you say 100% we want that guy and we're willing to sacrifice the, the promise of potentially getting three or four other guys this year, next, and possibly in 2025. Impossible to answer, but then does it diminish or devalue what that pick is eventually worth? Because if Jalen Carter is still a football player that somebody's going to draft, 
but he's likely to drop because his value and character has now not what it was a week ago or before these charges. Does it diminish and devalue the number one pick and what the Bears are going to be able to get for that pick? So they might have to, uh, dare I say, settle for maybe the best offer. And it might not be as good as it w- would have been made before all this news broke. So there's two parts of that. I think the the idea that likely to fall label is there is it's dependent on teams right like and and if the houston texans just decide hey we do some (laughs) risky things we're going to do another one and just decide to take him at number two then then there you have it right then he doesn't fall and then then there's things there i think there's a a sense within the league that's buzzing through here this week that that the prospect of the bears being able to fully squeeze the most out of a trade for this number one pick isn't maybe as large as the city of Chicago has dreamed it's going to be. Like, I don't know that the the Indianapolis Colts are hell-bent on getting up the board. And some of that depends on how these quarterback evaluations shape up in the, in the next month and how, how they firm up in that regard. But you've got to just be ready for the idea that that some of these things that you dreamed about won't happen. You know, and that's where I think I think Ryan Poles is on top of that, um, both in free agency and the draft, that there are some some things that, that may not go ideally. You want the ideal things to happen, but you have to be ready if they don't. And this is one of those ones where I just right now, the, the buzz out of Indianapolis isn't like oh my god there's going to be a stick up uh for, for the you know what you can get for the number one pick and so we'll see how that changes in the weeks to come i think you heard some of that from chris ballard whether or not yes posturing or not but it did make a point and reinforce what you just said i also wonder if it did bring the bears if we're not going to be fixated on either jalen carter or will anderson you start to consider other possibilities Tyree Wilson is a gargantuan mm-hmm. defensive lineman, six yeah. foot six, two hundred seventy-six pounds from Texas Tech. He also made a strong impression, Dan. I sense that you were probably there or aware of what he had to say. How would you describe the impact he made this week and how much he might have helped himself? Look, I mean, I, I think that's a guy with some of that think big ambition, you know, and 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 a guy who openly would talk about the Chicago Bears and saying like, if I was in line to be selected by them, either at one, six, eight, nine, whatever it may be, like I'm ready to come in and 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 be an engine for what you're trying to build there that's a guy that you talk to talent evaluators and daniel jeremiah the nfl network has said this for weeks now that like there is a it increasing buzz that the gap between will anderson and tyree are is not as large as maybe you thought two three months ago and that you put on the tape and you understand why because there are things here that um we talk about traits and training, right? And he's got traits. And if you can put him in a system that that allows him to be trained to bring out the most in those traits on the NFL level, then you feel really good. You know, and some staff somewhere is going to see that and say, we can, we can, we can work with this. We can take this block of clay and turn this into something wonderful. And so he's going to, he's going to be a real interesting name because I think you're going to start to hear his name more and more as we lead up to the draft. And all of a sudden he's going to be one of those guys that catches that. I know I never like the phrase shooting up the draft board because that, you know, as well as I do that, that doesn't really happen. It's just the phrase shooting up the draft board means more people are talking out loud about so-and-so, right? And that that's right. really what that means. And I think right. he's going to be one of those. I want to leave plenty of time for the Justin Fields story. I only have one more direct question about the draft and what this implications might be from this week. Back in 2016, the, the Rams moved up from 15 to number one. They made the trade for Jared Goff because they were fixated on him. And the Titans were willing to go lower because they, they felt like they didn't need a quarterback at that point. They wanted to just they, – they made the deal. And now the Bears, I wonder how this affects their willingness – 
or the likelihood that they would go be willing to go into the teens or go to, to trade with the team down there if for the right package. And if they wouldn't worry so much, as I alluded to earlier, not being in a position to take either Carter or Anderson because Carter's taking himself out of the mix. So I wonder, does that increase in your mind the number of teams that might be willing to make a deal or the Bears might be involved with in terms of uh, bargaining? And secondly, if they do find themselves <laughs> in the teens, doesn't it change the, the risk-reward calculus? It's different when you're drafted first. It's different when you're drafted fifth. It, does, it is. When you're in the teens, you're in a position maybe you could gamble more. I'm sorry. That's, somebody's going to probably take Jalen Carter around that time, and you wonder if they move down, wouldn't that be something if they are still in a position to take a lesser gamble and get the same player? Well, I don't think that there is a player in this draft that would create a move from someone in the teens to get all the way up to where the Bears are at because the cost of it would be so prohibitive and so restrictive. And so there isn't a generational guy. Caleb Williams isn't here. Andrew Luck isn't here. There's not a Peyton Manning in this draft where you say, let's let's do everything we can to get up there, particularly when you're – you know, you can move up from 23 to 12. It, the cost isn't anywhere near what it would be to go from like 14 to 1. You know, and so that's the, where I think that would be restricted a little bit. I think you hear um, the Bryce Young discussion here in Indianapolis, and it's really consistent when you talk to people who know that position. And there is a belief that from a, a football playing standpoint, that Bryce Young is next level special. And yet people can't get around the size and whether the durability would be there for him to withstand 17 games of getting beat around by NFL level grown men, you know? And so, so there's like, I, I said it on 670, the score earlier on Thursday, that there's almost a frustration on like, it's so aggravating for, for, for talent evaluators to see everything they want from a guy as a player, as a leader, as a guy who processes and sees and understands everything, but yet can't get around the measurables. And so that's going to be the one here in the, in the coming months where it's going to be really interesting to see the team that does get itself around the measurables or talks themselves into the idea that the measurables aren't a problem and just what that does to, to Bryce Young's value. Because, man, you you hear some really, really high praise for just the football player himself. And I don't recall uh, anyone in recent memory that's generated that level of, of just belief in who he is as a player 